starting to act all funny, treating me a little different since I'm getting a little popular online, but I'm the same dude. Let me tell y'all something. Look right here. They call me Teddy. They say that I'm a crazy man hanging out with two big foots and an alien, but when I need a friend or want a conversation, it's a hyper-metaphysical sort of situation. I got so much to learn, so much to know. When I find my place, I got another place to go. I'm just having fun. I'm not a superstar. Just hanging with my friends and playing my guitar. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, it's the birthday boy, Tass Mellis. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy birthday, Tassie. Thank you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away. And because it's Tassie's birthday, subscribe like the champions you are. <laughs> Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com if you haven't done that. We are working on some new things as we get ready for the next season, so keep an eye on that. We'll keep you posted. And after you're done with today's classic, check out yesterday's Is This Good Podcast oh, with yeah. Matteo, JD, and our very own Tassie discussing, among many other things, Pay it forward chains, password mooching, cookies, and a whole lot more. Pay it forward chains. Uh, Do you believe in them? <laughs> Are they real? I don't think so. Yeah, I like that debate about the one in uh, where Minnesota. Was it? Yeah, that there were nine hundred consecutive cars that just happened to pay it forward. Give me a break. You didn't buy it. You thought it was a staged media event. Of course event. it was. Mm. It was planned. How would nine hundred cars just? But it would never happen. Because at a certain point, I think Matty O even said oh, okay. it, right? It's like, uh, oh, what in. number are we at? I better keep it going. You don't want to break the chain, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Like 10. As soon as you get over 10, you, yeah. can't, you yeah. can't break it. And there definitely are people filtering back through, right? Like, Oh. Come on, think if it's that. 900, nobody's going to catch you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was at a Dairy Queen, too. That's the crazy thing. I mean, that's that's a, why it was planned, my man. Yeah. Hmm. But, but why why is that crazier know, like than a, a coffee shop? A coffee is one thing, but like you're talking about full families, like minivans, <laughs> Peter Buster parfaits, chocolate dips. That's a lot. That's a lot of paying it forward. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, go check out that episode. Mm. A lot of fun. Tass talking to Matteo and JD. I think I'm uh, uh, like, like, like me jumping back in the pay it forward chain. <laughs> I'm coming up next once again on Is This Good? But that is a real week. pay it forward situation. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, all right, look, we uh, had promised an entire episode dedicated to Hall of Fame talk, looking at active players and debating who's going to be in, who's, you know, borderline, who's no way making it. We're not going to do that entirely here today. We'll talk a little bit about it, but uh, we're going to make it its own show because a few days after it was reported that Philadelphia ended trade talks with James Harden, the 10-time All-Star, he ripped 76ers president Daryl Morey during a media event in China. Here's the clip. Let me say that again for the people in the back or for you to get your phone out and really get a good recording of this. Uh, yes, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be part of an organization that he's a part of. 
That is what James Harden said uh, that had Twitter going crazy. My man Trey Kirby out of the woodwork. The tweets were flying from TK, <laughs> dropping zinger after zinger. But, uh, yeah, this is obviously pretty rare to see a player, you know, a really, really good player, just say, my GM's a liar. I'm never playing for him. And uh, just drop that bomb and see what happens. So, your thoughts here on this latest development. I mean, honestly, great promo for the trade requester sevens that Adidas <laughs> is dropping. <laughs> guy went to China and went not once but twice at Daryl Morey, a guy who helped make James Harden's career and vice versa. These two are like tied together. So it's honestly a little bit sad for me uh, to see <laughs> Harden going at Morey like this. But um, that's why he's the GOAT, R. Greatest of all time trade requesters. He's had more opportunities than basically anybody, and he keeps pulling things out of the bag that you wouldn't expect. Like, everybody's thinking Harden is going to make things uncomfortable. He said just the same on his Instagram stories not too long ago. Right. We know Maury has said in the past that he's comfortable being uncomfortable, but everybody just kind of thought Harden would give up or come back to camp uh, in September and not give it his all. Going to a place where Daryl Morey is widely disliked and trashing him with many cameras around, basically just to get his point out, nobody expected that. No. Yeah, does he do this if it's in Japan? Or does he play, is he playing the crowd here where China hates him? But uh, it, it is in response to what Daryl Morey said this past weekend. I don't think if Daryl Morey says this past weekend, if he, if he doesn't come out and say, we're taking James Harden off the trade market. This doesn't happen. Mm. Harden, this was in direct response to that. Oh, do you think Harden is calling Maury a liar in reference to that? No. No, I don't. But You I think don't, it I don't has think. to do with the, obviously, I'm going to take a pay cut so you can go get more players. And then when I do that for you, you are going to pay me back with a fat extension, which then, in theory, he turned his back on. Yeah, that was where this stems from, for sure. Okay. Um, but it was instigated this past weekend. It was flared up. Sure, there there sure. was there was a, a, a you know a barb thrown this past weekend that James Harden did not like and so Harden threw it back. Like, you know, we, it's deeper into the the domestic dispute here. Um so yeah, Harden had this card in his back pocket. Maybe he was going to use it, maybe he wasn't. Um and executives make promises uh, at times, but yeah, it's never it never blows up in this way. No. Uh, it, and so yeah, it's good to go back on the on the timeline just to understand what happened. Summer of t- 20, 2022. So last summer, Harden could have come into this past season with a forty seven million dollar contract. They decide we'll rip it up. We'll pl- we'll do a one and one. We'll sign for thirty four million dollars with a player option for this coming season. So. You know, all those rumors this this past season of him maybe going to Houston come about, and then he gets to the offseason. He could say, I'm going to be a free agent. He could say, no problem. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not opting in. But before free agency, he opted in to $34 million this coming season. He could have played the market. He could have been one of the free agents alongside Fred Van Vliet. Those are the big names. Chris Middleton, uh, Kyrie. He, he kind of wanted the best of both worlds. Um, he wanted to be able to either opt in and, and sign an extension uh, or um, just sign a huge deal right away. But uh, he decided, I'll play, I'll play that card and, and hopefully get traded. Uh, so he wanted everything. I think his agent is partly to blame for this in thinking that he could get a huge deal or they could have created that Houston leverage themselves uh, during the during the deal during the year and I think the agent uh, is partly to blame because this is a terrible time to 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 be a free agent it, it it's just a, a horrible situation so 
what did Maury lie about? Did he say we're going to give you a max deal? That we're, we're going to give you a long a long term deal? Executives do say stuff. He could have lied, um, but I think there's sort of an understanding in this biz that things do change, and it's kind of difficult to give James Harden benefit of the doubt right here, right now, because he is the greatest trade requester of all time. I, I think he might be referencing both things when it comes to calling Daryl Morey a liar. One, the first one, the obvious one, and we talked about it at the time, is I'm guessing, we don't know the exact details, but you have to assume Morey agreed to give Harden a bigger deal, a juicy deal, this summer after taking a pay cut last offseason, and then he's reneged on that. Okay, that's part one. That makes sense to me. And then maybe it is Morey agreeing to trade Harden after he opted in, and now, like you said, recently reports are, oh, we're not doing that. We're taking his name off the uh, you know trade requests and all that. Like it both could be true here, which has maybe then really inspired more, uh, James Harden saying, "Fuck this, he is he's lied to me twice now." Uh, maybe, maybe, but that's sort of how I read this timing of it all for sure. I think- uh, it's interesting because I mean we recorded on Thursday and they said we're going to be talking again uh, at yeah. some point, and then over the weekend it was. We're done with trade talks, so I kind of lean towards it's more on the trade aspect of things rather than the max contract thing, because if Harden really wanted to, if Maury said something, he could completely submarine the 76ers. That's not allowed. It happened to the Timberwolves years and years ago with Joe Smith. They could void his deal, they could take all their first-round picks, and then Philadelphia is really screwed. So the timing of it suggests it's probably more about the trades, but we've seen the kind of wink-wink deals happen all the time. Richard Jefferson got one from the Spurs like a billion years ago. Um, so it's probably all things added up, but once Maury came out and said, he's coming to camp, Harden said, ain't no way I'm coming to camp. Mm. Get this deal done. I do think Daryl Morey still wants to trade him. He would be happy to trade him, and I think this is just a maneuver with other teams in the NBA by air quotes, taking him off the market to try and bump up his value a little bit, to try and get some offers, to try and get a decent offer, because he doesn't want to go into next season uh, with James Harden on the roster. Oh, he can't now. Well. They yeah. can't. He can't. He honestly cannot do this. I mean, he did it with Ben Simmons, even but when, they're two different beasts, Ben Simmons and James Harden, yeah. as we're seeing here. But I, I think even on Saturday when he said, I'm taking him off uh, the market before James Harden called him a liar, he didn't want to go into next season with the same team. He wants to improve this team. He wants to be able to say, Joel Embiid, give me a year. Give me a year. Harden's contract is up. Tobias Harris' contract's up. You've got a growing maxi. Maybe we could get somebody else in the free agent market. Maybe. Your Cameroonian brother is coming up on his contract. Pascal Siakam's available. Now, I'm just throwing out names, but at the same time, he's got to hope that there's something there's something more than this same team. They know what they can do with this team, this this exact team of Harden and Tobias Harris and Maxi. And and I think the unleashing of Maxi is part of this. You you want it if you're if I'm if I'm Daryl Morey, I want to see what Tyrese Maxi can do with a, a little bit more leash. Um, so he wants to move him. He just wants something back. <laughs> he just wants something back. And James Harden again wants the best of both worlds. He wants to go to L.A. Like, people want to go to L.A. and play with guys where he is the third best option, where he's got even less uh, of a responsibility to do, uh, of responsibility upon him. So, What do you think about Brian Windhorst wondering if Harden calling Maury a liar is more than just an insult and actually this sort of uh, intentional leverage play? This idea of, like, it's a shot across the bow. It's like, uh, bow, excuse me, it's like, Hey, I could really bring to light. Maybe he has receipts, right, of this sort of, uh, you know, hey, wink, wink, a uh, little handshake deal here. I'll take the pay cut. We'll go get P.J. Tucker and Daniel House Jr. And then, uh, you know, you'll pay me back. 
because that's what it was. That I was love what how people say saving. Daniel House Jr. Like, uh-huh. it, I mean, they, they got that's PJ the Tucker. Yeah, I yeah. Know. It was the two guys. I mean, he gave up what fourteen million. Yeah, he did. Right, Daniel House Jr. was not. But but him saying this and really like calling him a liar is like you don't want to. Okay, you you want it. You always say you want to get uncomfortable. You oh man, I'm the best <laughs> at this at trade requests. I'll call you out, and I could get the league investigating you, get you in trouble, losing draft picks, like the old Joe Smith type of days there. What do you you buy that at all, or no? Harden doesn't have a ton of leverage. Right. So creating leverage is probably what he's trying to do, and threatening something that could put the 76ers in even more jeopardy, I suppose, is a way to generate it. His main leverage is that Maury can't jeopardize another season of Joel Embiid's prime unless he wants to deal with Joel Embiid saying he wants out as well. So if he's kind of trying to throw everything in the future up into the air, that's probably the only way Harden can generate any sort of leverage in this scenario. Because like Tass is saying, once he opted in, he threw it all away. He should have just became a free agent. He might have been able to get three years, $120 million from the 76ers because they need James Harden. They need to have somebody in that salary slot. There's nobody else they can replace him with. And clearly, Maury doesn't want to replace him with, like, Norm Powell and Robert Covington and whatever scraps they can get from the Clippers. Yeah. And maybe, again, that gets back to the whole you're a liar thing. Maybe Maury and Harden had talked about that. Hey, opt in. We'll trade you. No, You know, it's like uh, what happened with Chris Paul, obviously, in the Clippers days, moving to the Rockets and all that. Like, hey, we'll get something back at least. It, you know, it'd be a nice parting way for us to move off of you. You'll get, we'll get you, we'll try and get you to where you want to go. We'll get something back to help us still try and go for a championship around Joel Embiid. And maybe, maybe that is the part that he's like, now he's, now he's lying again here. He said, you know, he said he, he encouraged me maybe to opt in and we'll be moving you. Don't worry. And now, you know, all we're hearing is, eh, we're not moving you. Eh, we're probably not going to move you. Eh, we might have you back to camp. Maybe that's the liar part too. I, I, I could see that. Well, yeah, but it's also, and I mean, I don't know, if Harden, from Harden's perspective, he's looking at the Clippers, and that makes sense as a trade piece. They've got younger guys like Terrence Mann, they've got contracts in Morris, Covington, Powell, whoever it may be, they've got picks way in the future that they could trade, so from like an NBA 2K sense, you could put together a trade that actually makes sense, but when you're trying to win a championship in real life, it doesn't make any sort of sense for Daryl Morey to do it, so that's why he's dug in, and Harden thought... I can pick my team. I've done it twice before. It's no problem. There's always somebody waiting for me. Now there's not really anybody mm. waiting for him except for the Clippers who aren't going to bid against themselves and don't want to throw completely throw away their team for James Harden. Yeah, and I just wonder how this affects his future as well. He wants to get another deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, does this change the way other teams look at him? Yeah, I think so. Because we're talking about mid-30s James Harden, not Hall of Fame James Harden. This is this is a different James Harden. Can he lead the league in assists? Sure. Um, but what's the best avenue for him? Play another year with the 76ers and play well and get another deal? Or uh, you know, go get traded for five cents on the dollar? And that, that immediately lowers your value for the next few years, even though he's a Hall of Fame player. It changes the way uh, he's looked at as in the league. So I think it would behoove him to play for a year um it ain't gonna happen uh because everybody's mad at each other but i could see Harden walking in you know 400 pounds uh into the sixers into the sixers locker room and you know just causing a ruckus right uh in in september nobody wants that daryl morey does not want that and and that's that's why daryl morey's playing this card now hoping hoping the next 30 days somebody will offer him something but until a deadline happens in the NBA, 
nothing happens. <laughs> uh, and and that the trade uh, and and well, Harden is trying to set the deadline. <laughs> I mean, he's saying, "I'm not coming." That's my deadline. Yeah. And and but Maury wants but that too. Maury can call his bluff because there is an interesting part to this. Harden can refuse to report to 76ers training camp, but he might not accomplish a whole lot in doing that because he's set to be a free agent in the summer of 2024. But if he were to sit out this coming season, his free agency would be pushed back because of this, you know, Article 11, Section 3 of the collective bargaining agreement. I'm not going to read you the mumbo jumbo, but it's basically if he holds out, he would be stuck in the same situation next season, still under contract with the 76ers, unless they expressly allowed him to become a free agent. So like him just like sitting out, if, if Maury really dug in his heels and he is captain uncomfortable uh, and, and Harden just re- didn't report, you know, it's like that wouldn't actually do him any favors unless like, so he's, he's almost better off coming and doing the Ben Simmons phone in the pocket. That's what I'll do. I don't give a shit. And yeah, I'm going to make things really uncomfortable for you more. I'm going to make things uncomfortable for new coach, Nick Nurse, obviously Joel Embiid, this entire franchise, and I'll just torpedo it until you get me out of here. Yeah, he he can he can take it to another level for sure. Uh, he can sit out 30 days according to that right. mumbo jumbo, right? Yep. And I think there's even holes in it where you could sit out like a week in September and then sit out a week in <laughs> November and and come back and, sure. and and do some weird stuff. But then he yeah he's torpedoing his future in the NBA really like who wants and his future contracts really um, and yeah the thing is like the 2024 free agent crop ain't all that juicy. It's it's pretty similar to what we just saw. Mm-hmm. It's Pascal Siakam. It's Clay Thompson, uh, and then it's. Really, I mean, I, I can't even because Dave, Anthony Davis took himself off of the list. I mean, it's a lot of you know, second tier type guys. So, he, which is sort of what James Harden is. <laughs> yeah, but he's at the top of that. That sure, he's you know. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. In term, it's just not a juicy free agent list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, I mean, he he could have been on, on on the top of this one, really. You know, along with Fred Van Vliet. Is he also, in addition to possibly torpedoing his uh, his next contract with whatever team? his legacy at all i'm not sure he gives a shit but you know you see a lot of blowback to this like this is too far this guy again oh come on you're not even at the mvp level you used to be so now it's really weird to do these shenanigans uh do you have uh, an opinion on that tk uh i just think this um continues his legacy harden is already pretty widely disliked unless you are a houston rockets fan that's pretty much the end of it. That's who really likes James Harden is the Houston Rockets fans. Yeah. Um, he's already known as a kind of a malcontent who will ask for a trade request. I don't know. Or he's going to make the Hall of Fame quite easily. He's an MVP. He's got crazy numbers. His number one backer was Daryl Morey. Um, so I don't I don't think this really hurts his legacy because I don't think uh, there aren't a lot of James Harden fans yeah. out there. That is the strange part of all of this. Daryl Morey, the number one James Harden apologist. The guy that would always go to bat for him, that was always saying he's MVP, that hugged him on the tarmac. That's right, buddy. The embrace, and now you've got Maury calling him a liar, and it's, you know, it seems like a fractured relationship, you'd assume. I can't, I can't see them coming back from this, and I don't see Harden going to training camp. And, and, and you said the Joel Embiid part, you slipped it in here. That's, the, that's the, the whole crazy part of this. It's like you cannot waste another year. You've already done it. You've done it before with the Ben Simmons saga. You can't do it again as this guy gets on and on in his career, is playing at an MVP level and you're trying to win. And I know this, if anything, this just like leans into your theory that he will not be there for, for the long run here. I'm talking about Joel Embiid and he will find his way to another team. 
You believe that still is happening. He's never going to finish his career yeah. in Philadelphia. Um, so it's just a matter of time. Will it be more or less than a year? Probably more. But who knows? Uh, we'll see exactly how it goes. The dissolving of Harden and Maury's relationship. The only thing I could think of that was similar was Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. They were like best friends <laughs> and business partners for 20 years. Then Will Ferrell wanted to play Jerry Buss in winning time. And Adam McKay said no. We're getting John C. Riley, another of our good friends, and now these guys aren't friends anymore. That's very strange. That was yeah. a stupid move by Adam McKay. <laughs> <laughs> Completely threw away a relationship over a show that was okay. Weird. I, I guess uh, the second season apparently is a lot better. I've heard. <laughs> I, I, I can't speak to that. Well, it's a, it's a second-round playoff show, just <laughs> like the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> uh, what, what impact do you think this has on Joel Embiid? We've seen him remove the location in his Twitter bio, his ex-bio, I guess, today. Philadelphia is gone. Oh, Processing tell me more. is gone. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which which uh, social platform? Uh, X. Oh, X. Yes, his X yes. profile. Oh, yes. his X profile. <laughs> X dot com. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. Uh, <laughs> he's not requesting a trade, I don't think. Uh, if that's that's, I guess that's the only thing you can take from that. Um, yeah, it's an unfortunate one, isn't it? This whole scenario. I think more yet. Has to convince him. Has to get something back for Harden. It may not be a good player that helps him this season. He when he's when he was on radio a mere three and a half weeks ago when we talked <laughs> about this, he was on Philadelphia radio saying we've got to get either a player or something we can turn into a player because he does care about keeping Joel Embiid happy. There's no doubt, but he's got to keep Joel Embiid happy. As I said a little earlier, for twelve months, and then he can really shake things up with Tobias Harris coming off the books. This whole Harden thing. Uh, coming off the books, there's there's lots of money coming off the books where it, it's 24-25, it's Embiid at 50 mil, Tucker at 11 mil, and then supporting players. The Maxi's contract will be signed, but really there's, there's like 70 mil sort of locked in. So there's lots of wiggle room for 12 months. But uh, yeah, you got to you gotta convince them. And, and man, that, that relationship, yeah, it obviously is fractured. Um it's wild, but I guess if there's anybody that this isn't wild to consider would do, it's James Harden. I mean, it's, it's just the guy who who throws stuff away, uh, and I and I and I like uh, I, I kind of like seeing him do it in China. It's on, on like how he did it, how he's doing it somewhere else. Like he's on vacation. It kind of feels like any of us. Like we're on vacation. Oh, I feel different. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna act different. I'm gonna I'm gonna wow out. I'm gonna do something. If he's in North America. I don't think this he's just, happens. He's like zipping around on a scooter over there and then just calling his GM a liar. One of the funniest videos, him on the scooter. <laughs> I love it. I love people comparing uh, Harden versus Maury to like WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, Gorilla Monsoon famously saying, the irresistible force meets the immovable object. And that's what we have here. The standoff between a player who has always gotten his way and does not give a fuck against a GM who thrives under being uncomfortable. He will wait it out, man. He'll have a staring contest with you. He doesn't care. Uh, so who comes out victorious then? Uh, sterile Maury. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine that the 76ers, as a front office, know the ins and outs of the NBA rulebook better than anybody. Uh, between getting busted for tampering last year yeah, with, with the P.J. Tucker, yep. Daniel House deal, uh, the Ben Simmons sitting out of training camp last year and figuring out exactly how they were going to be able uh, to find him and that kind of stuff. And now this with the Harden and his 
how he has to play or else his contract just carries over till next year. <laughs> They're getting into the nitty gritty of it all. They know all the deepest cuts well, in that's, the rule book. That's why, like, if this was like a, uh, it's a, this is a boxing match or whatever, a wrestling match, like, it's like, these are, these are two vets here at, the, at their, yeah, yeah. masters of their craft is the best way yeah, to put exactly it. Exactly right. Harden yeah. has done this before. He knows the <laughs> move. Like, I'll show up in the fat suit. I don't give, you know, I don't care. Like, and then, like you said, you just went through Maury and the Sixers. Like, oh yeah, we do this. We were built for this, yeah, man. Like, it. that's why this is a, this is a hell of a battle here. And, uh, I mean, if you're a Sixers fan, though, this is, I mean, you've got to be just, I know you're used to it to some extent, but come on. Here you go again, and it just, like, the stink over their team heading into the season is already palpable. Like, it's like, again, Nick Nurse, I forgot he was the head coach. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, same. Here you go, sir. <laughs> Good luck with this one. Yeah, yeah. But think about it. 12 months from now, Tobias Harris' contract ends. But Taz, That's they, amazing. they're trying to Nobody win a championship Nobody signs anybody in now. free agency anymore. Nobody does, unless you're Miami or in L.A. Too. And who is signed hey, in Philly? Fred Van Vliet went to the Houston Rockets. What big, name? Yeah. what big name is signed in Philly? Well, Pascal Siakam, who just got rid of Nick Nurse in Toronto? Yeah. Uh, that's a decent combo. I, I'm just saying that things do change pretty damn quick. Things do change. Uh, very quick. So it's going to be a rough year <laughs> if they don't trade him. But Daryl Morey will sit out. He'll chill and, and trade him for something at some point. And you know that Joel Embiid is good enough to have – Take them to forty-five wins. Like they will be an above five hundred team at the at the deadline, and then they'll add something, and then they'll go into a playoff run, and they won't be a contender, contender. But is it much worse going with Tyrese Maxey as your starting point guard and Joel Embiid as your center in this supporting cast than with Harden, and they play a little differently? Like is it much worse? And they go trade for a part, and they try and do this again next year. I mean, it sucks. Like Embiid, it, there is an end of the line with Embiid, for sure. Like, yeah. it's going to end at some point. I think the part you want to avoid, though, as an organization with, uh, you know, at least hopes to compete for a championship with an MVP guy and a new coach and all that and a young talent in Maxi and some other good pieces is I do not want another year of heading into the season where every question is about James Harden, when are you going to trade him? Oh, yeah, is yeah. he showing up at camp? Oh, what did he do this time? Oh my God, he was eating a donut out, out on the practice court. Like you don't want that. You can't have that. I mean, I know no. you could. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna. <laughs> you really think so? You, you really don't. No, think ideally so? they want to trade him. Yeah, the thing you want to avoid is one of your best players calling your GM a liar. For sure. Yeah. You want to avoid that. Very true. Ideally, but it happened. Maybe it was a fake video. I Maybe did see real. people saying it was AI for a little bit. There was that going around. Uh, any other thoughts on Harden versus Maury uh, and, and where we go from here and this leverage play and, and uh, yeah, really, what's next? Who could surprise the 76ers with an offer, I okay. guess, is a question, right? Like, people will bandy about the Bulls, whether it be Levine included on a trade with a little bit longer contract and more youth, or DeRozan, who's got a deal that kind of matches up uh, with Harden as well. I could see them maybe doing that if they decided that they're going to pull the plug on this era of the team. Portland, I guess, could get in the mix, right? Like, at this point, Maury could be like, fine, we're sending Maxi out, bring in Dame Lillard, we're trying exactly, (laughs) we're going all in here. Because Embiid is 30 years old. He's had the best health of his career the past three seasons. Who knows how much longer that's going to happen as he gets older in his career. But that's exactly what Maury is hoping for, is that people are seeing the drama here 
and he's just hoping somebody else decides to dip in because when there's only one team available to trade, you're getting nothing. Oh, yeah. This is what he did with Ben Simmons. He was able to wait it out until Harden fell on his lap. <laughs> if Damian Lillard is able to come to Philadelphia, I mean, that's the biggest win. This That's a dream scenario. It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And these months... Without Harden, like you said, it's it's different than Ben Simmons. It's going to be way more painful. Yes. Uh, it's yes. going to be way more, way more painful, way more difficult because, yeah, Simmons didn't dunk the ball. It seemed like that was the end and that was over. This, I mean, yeah, they, they just lost in the second round and that was painful. But that's why Harden, uh, excuse me, that's why Maury made the right call in not signing him long term. And that's why you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's what, then that's why I kind of have this optimistic view. It, it is, it's, it's short-sighted and, and we can't really evaluate what's in Joel Embiid's head and how much of a, a leash he still has with this franchise. But why go back and do the exact same thing? You just lost in the second round with a 3-2 lead. You can't sign hard. And so I do think it's a good move not to sign him long-term, but um yeah, the wink wink thing uh, did not pay off. I mean, to me it's it's a little like the Toronto scenario. Yeah, you didn't you lost Fred Van Vliet. But do you want to just be a mediocre team again? And and this is this is a, a different because it's Embiid's prime. He's a freaking MVP. It's painful, man. It, it is a painful scenario. I do think they they really dream of trading him uh <laughs> within within <laughs> yeah. the next 30 days. <laughs> so he doesn't show up with the fat suit. That would be ideal. That's that's the dream, man. Um, but he's a good player. So as as Trey said, <laughs> like somebody could sweep in, swoop in and make some sort of some sort of trade. But I think his agent partly screwed him. He played partly screwed himself here. This waiting out this whole year with the CBA looming. Is there a, a worse time to be a free agent? I mean, yeah, like you said, not a lot of guys tr- change teams. Only if you've got this monstrous cap room, and. They're the ones going to. They're going to have the cap room next year. So I don't think James Harden is signing with the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> no, probably not. All right, let's move off of that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the World Cup exhibition games that we saw this week. Uh, we'll start with Team USA. They remain undefeated here in their warm-up games. They defeated Spain, uh, number one team in the world according to FIBA. There in a exhibition game. In Spain, though, uh, and it was a close one, at least compared to the other two games where they waxed, what, Puerto Rico and Slovenia without Luka Doncic, but this was a a 10-point victory in the end for Team USA. Any thoughts on your squad there, TK? Oh, my sloppy boys. (laughs) (laughs) They were sloppy sloppy in Spain, I thought. Uh, They're playing on the road, literally in Spain. The crowd was going crazy. Second night of a back-to-back for Team USA. They turned the ball over 20 times. They gave up so many offensive rebounds. They were all over the place defensively, just running around, biting on pump fakes, a Linux style, giving up open shots. I felt like they got shredded in pick and roll, and they still won. Mm -hmm. That was the impressive thing, was that Team USA actually pulled this one out. This would be an easy game to lose, especially considering it doesn't count in the standings. We've seen Team USA drop friendlies quite recently uh, in the past. So the fact that they were able to buckle down uh, in the fourth quarter, get over the refereeing and close out the game, I thought was actually pretty impressive. This is their best shooting game yet, which I think is uh, good stuff for the USA going forward. But that would have been an easy one to lose. So the fact that they kept their head above water, I think is uh, very encouraging for Team USA. Yeah, they shot 10 of 18 from deep. I thought Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges always had like a timely three-pointer in them yep. uh, in this game. And then Jalen Brunson was the star. He goes nine for nine. The guy was so on fire, he was like 
he was throwing botched alley-oop passes <laughs> that were dropping in as shots. That was one of his made baskets there, so he looked great again in this one. Yeah, we talk about Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingram on this team as the buckets, as the, the go-to scorers, but Jalen Brunson showing some magical footwork out there, looking amazing. And he's yeah, kind of a fallback option uh, as far as the score goes on this team. But the, yeah, 21 overall, 16 first half points. And uh, I, I think it's clear with this team, they've got talent. They're not going to be out hustled or outworked. I, I, this isn't an, an arrogant an American right, team. That's right. right. So you saw what happened, as you said. They just turned the ball over. It was, it was super sloppy, um, but they were able to hustle and make enough steals themselves and turn things over. Anthony Davis uh, locked in on the defensive end. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Um, he had yeah. a steal. He had a block late. He's done that a couple times in these games, these yeah. one-off games, like really like jumping passing lanes defensively. And uh, So I mentioned the starting unit, and then the bench comes in, and they're, they're, they just want to work, those dudes. Uh, I when you see Halliburton, how he's working with Reeves in the backcourt, yeah. how they're getting out there and they're pushing, and he, Halliburton had two huge steals right before half uh, to make it a 10-point lead for the Americans before they gave up that lead, and then in the fourth quarter, huge. Uh, and then you've got hustlers like Bobby Portis and Cam Johnson, who's doing his job, and Ben Caro, and, and Josh Hart obviously can do that too. So they've got the great makeup uh, on the road, uh, and yeah, they, they'll say to themselves, oh man, like we outshot them. If we keep the ball in our hands a little bit more, then yeah, we're we're good. It's exactly what you want from a warm up game, though. Like you said, in a sort of a hostile environment on the road against a good team in a close game, and uh, and and we didn't do thing everything right, but we still came out with the victory. Like you want those reps. Even Kerr like leaned into like coaching this like a real game. It wasn't like it wasn't like minutes for everybody. It was like as that game got close, he like shortened the rotation. And really, obviously, ran with it, and they got the victory. So it was good. Uh, Team USA is now in Abu Dhabi. Uh, two more exhibition games coming up against Greece on Friday. I believe you're going to be on playback for that one. We'll be watching. Join us. Yeah. Uh, Playback.tv slash no dunks. That'll be fun. That's a 12 p.m. Eastern start, I believe. Opa! There you go. Greece Opa. and Team USA. <laughs> no, no. They're going to lose, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no no, uh, no, Giannis, of course. No Giannis, but other Adetokounmpo's. Are they on the roster? Fanasi is there. Is he? He's the only. I could not find them on the roster. I know it's tough. Well, yeah, the original roster has Yanis on there, but Fanasi will be there. Okay, he'll be, he'll be potting afterwards. The the thing is, in the actual <laughs> FIBA World Cup, which starts uh, late August, USA is going to destroy in their group phase. They have a very easy group. Uh, no offense to Greece. Yeah, uh, what's up with that? Jordan and New Zealand. America's going to win. They're going to win by average like 25, 30 points yeah. uh, in the group play. And then it will get a little more interesting, obviously, when they get to the uh, knockout stage where they'll yeah, be playing better teams. But that's a very easy group with no Giannis from Greece. Yeah. yeah. I want to tell people to join us on playback. It starts next Friday. I'm amped. I, I do want to watch these teams, but there's also too many teams in, in this tournament. I'm, I'm, who, we're looking at our preview for Friday's playback between Greece and U.S. Yeah. Who is that gentleman on the right? Who is know. that Greek? I mean, first you put You up, don't even know? I forget. I forget who that I is. I mean, he's apparently pretty good. I think he's young. Is he that doesn't a, look that's not a Papa Giannis? No. 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 We, we will Papa see. Papa Nicolau? I want to say his name. Kostas Nico, Papa, maybe? Is it Nico? Kostas Papa Nicolau will be playing. Former Houston Rocket, Kostas Papa Nicolau will be playing. Do they still have Thomas Walkup? Papa Giannis will be playing. Former Sacramento Kings pick. So lots of NBA. They do have Thomas Walkup. Is don't, it possible don't, it's don't that guy? I won't even try and say his name. Rogoff Wolopoulos. 
Rogavopoulos. Yeah, I, it might be that's him. him. Yeah, Rogavopoulos. Yeah, sure. You just picked a guy. Uh, yeah, he's 22. No, I looked it up. I did look it up. And I was trying to find... Average well, you Greek. Got Why didn't you put me on there? Because I put on... Uh, who did I put on? Nick Kalathis. Yeah. Nicky Baskin. I was like, oh, people know this guy, the bald-headed guy. He's really good. And then you're like, oh, he's not playing. I'm like, God damn, who's playing for this They only teams? have one current NBA player. But then I read they're like, nah, they want him and there's another vet on Greece that they just told, like, just sit out. Just rest. Just chill. <laughs> we need you. I forget who oh, it was. Oh, for Friday? Yeah. No, no, no. For like the... I guess for the FIBA. Oh, oh wow. They're really, to, really keeping them yeah, fresh. I guess so. I guess so. Anyway. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the tournament. It should be fun. There are a lot of teams. There's just a lot of teams. So, yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to they're gonna handle the group play because they're awesome. Watching Austin Reeves out there, typical. This The the, the backcourt is awesome. Oh, I, and I just flash back to Steve Kerr telling Alex Caruso when the Warriors played the Bulls. Oh, we want you. We want you. You think he, Kerr wants taking, Reeves? Yeah. yeah. Well, he would be taking Reeves minutes, so, right? feels like it's the same 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 sure 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 oh man Halliburton Reeves have been incredible off the bench like awesome spark plugs like they come in the game just like gets like here we go everybody's Let's like, run Halliburton's like we are running who's running with me I'm gonna get a million assists yeah uh, it's uh, like- Reeves and Anthony Edwards to me are like the standouts so far from like wow if they are able to play at this level come NBA season that's impressive uh, yeah they both look good like you're saying Edwards I think he had seven of his 11 points in the fourth quarter He's definitely going to be their closer. And like you're saying, he is so active uh, on the defensive yeah. end as well. Uh, and then Team Canada had a big win uh, over Germany. It was a bit of a, a quick rematch. It was whatever little Super Cup they had going as this exhibition <laughs> thing. Uh, but it was RJ Barrett who carried Team Canada to the comeback victory uh, in overtime. And he was awesome. I don't know if you saw the highlights of this task. Oh, he yeah, was I watched incredible. It. He scored five points in the span of 30 seconds to send the game to overtime. R.J. Barrett did. Added two more buckets in OT. And uh, he went 12 of 13 and 31 points. Perfect from behind the arc, which Canada needs every three-pointer they can get. So that was big. How does he get to his left hand and get to the rim and lay it in with the left hand every time? Every time, time yeah. How yeah. is that it was possible? All lefty layups. And they had just all played him. <laughs> they, yeah. they had the scouting report. <laughs> That's one of the best games he's ever played. He looked incredible. I think he's, I was looking up his career high in the NBA. I think he's got a 46-point game, so you're probably wow. taking that one. But the efficiency, the clutch scoring, that was impressive from Barrett. Yeah. I mean, Knicks fans are watching these games. I'm like, Jesus, Brunson can't miss. <laughs> RJ Barrett's on fire. Feeling pretty good about themselves. I think he banked it off. Like, every portion of the left side of the back like he took so many shots and he was shooting around there was some defense and he was shooting around hands but the the banks were beautiful unlike dylan brooks shot man that (laughs) shot we were talking about the molten ball what's better this international molten ball in terms of watching the rotation on the ball versus the nba ball molten ball versus nba ball I think it might be the molten ball. But with Dylan Brooks shot it ain't Dylan Brooks (laughs) It it, it ain't the molten ball I just can't stop watching that follow through that's not a follow through that's like it's ugly uh schroeder had a great game for germany raptors fans if you're watching <laughs> these games you are you're at least excited about what you're seeing from him he's he's played really well internationally and uh, sga had 25 but he had a really bad shooting game 8 of 22 0 for 6 from deep eight boards six assists and did hit some like clutch shots so that was key and i was pumped because I had just came on this podcast and talked about Kelly Olynyk and his stupid closeouts that he just runs <laughs> at guys on the three-point line like a madman and just lets them go by him with the easiest pump fake. And he helped win the game. Not only was he on fire, he hit a bunch of threes too. He had 21 points. But he sealed the win, Kelly Olynyk did, by closing out on Mo Wagner at the top, like under control. 
then went with him to his right, uh, I guess to Wagner's left, and got the block, the game-winning block there as uh, then the Team Canada came up with the rebound. I think SGA grabbed it. So it was nice. Nice to see. Maybe he listens to the podcast mm-hmm. while he's been traveling. I heard <laughs> me getting very upset with his <laughs> stupid close I could see him being a podcast listener. <laughs> I sort of could, too. I was pumped for Kelly. It's was- too bad, though, that uh, Dylan Brooks versus Dennis Schroeder is going to be over because they are hilarious to watch each other. They're both such instigators and they had the moment in the first matchup where Schroeder like sat Dylan Brooks down, went right by him, Brooks fell to the ground. And then in this one, like they're chatting with each other. Then there's a, I think it was a missed free throw and Schroeder just took off down the court, caught the long outlet pass, scored and just grinning and pointing at Dylan Brooks. That was hilarious. (laughs) And we do love the German crowd booing Dylan Brooks too. That's next level. So uh, good games there from Team Canada and uh, Team USA and obviously a couple more games here before we get to the real deal uh, what'd you say a week from Friday right yeah. when it starts mm-hmm. wow, right around the corner all right let's take a quick break and when we come back uh, lots more to talk about have you ever gone foraging for mushrooms yes nice I mean I've walked through the woods <laughs> spotted a mushroom and identified it with my seek app but I'm too nervous to eat one because you could die buddy yeah well you gotta know the mushrooms you gotta know sure. where to eat Pick them. <laughs> know where no. to flick them. <laughs> That's right. Know when to walk away. Know when to eat. You better Killed count it. your mushrooms <laughs> when you're walking, walking through, through the forest. forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was great. That was pretty, not bad. Because uh, our guy Stefan, uh, who's a man of the outdoors, uh, he's he's definitely gone mushroom hunting, foraging with yeah. his wife. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not his wife. His, uh, his mother. <laughs> oh, sorry, Stefan. <laughs> Oh, you gotta marry a mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, anyway, he seems to know his stuff. So I heard uh, there's some sick chanterelles over in our neck of the woods. A fellow by the name of Wit clued me in to where the hottest <laughs> mushrooms in the Decatur area are. There you go. <laughs> gotta go check his backyard. All right. Uh, well, on Saturday, the Hall of Fame welcomed 12 new inductees, including four NBA players. Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, and Dwayne Wade. What a class when you're just looking at the NBA players. Obviously, Greg Popovich going in, Becky Hammond as well, among others. Um, I don't know how much you caught of this, either live there on Saturday night. I think it was on NBA TV, or maybe you did the whole thing where you watched some of the highlights or some of the speeches there on Sunday morning. Um, And if you did, did you have a favorite moment? There's too many to count. I did watch the entire thing, and this is after the fact, and this is after not a a fun experience trying to find it. Mm. I thought... I'll be able to just go on, go on the uh, the app. Think that it would play the entire thing. Was not there. Mm. Just a four minute wrap up. No, there was I, a lot I on NBA YouTube that. though. Mm-hmm. They I, did a really good job of like really ripping it. That's where I there. found it, yeah. and I would say it was two hours. I probably saw. 10 minutes worth of ads as it just interjected with ads. Bang, 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 bang. But I had no problem. I had no problem. I enjoyed it thoroughly, even though that wasn't fun, seeing all those freaking ads. Uh, but What ad got inducted into the NBA <laughs> Hall of Fame? Oh, great question. <laughs> Would it be the general himself? so <laughs> <Chiso> buzzer beaters? <laughs> yeah, or do you go with like an authentic made for an NBA occasion app? Mm. You know, like... The Christmas Day guys hitting shots. Ding, ding, ding. Like, oh, like actual oh, like NBA actual ads. NBA. Wow. Oh, interesting. I mean, they could be different wings in the NBA <laughs> ad. NBA ad Hall of Fame. That yeah. sounds like a show. <laughs> uh, anyways, it wasn't a fun experience. But then I got there and I thought, wow, this would have been a great crop to be at 
to just be there. Yeah. Uh, every it, it looked like fun actually. Yeah. Even, even though it was extremely long, way better than an NBA award show that we got to go to. <laughs> way better than that. Uh, and and you're just sitting there. You'd think an award show, party, party, party. Nicki Minaj is on stage. James Harden staring at Nicki Minaj. But this was, it was good. I yeah. thought uh, there's too many moments. I thought from all the NBA players, I think I thought they were great. Becky Hammond's speech was great. Um, there's. Tony Parker had personality up there. He said he did his homework. He said he watched Steve Nash's speech. He said Steve Nash was in the crowd. He said, I watched your speech to get to get some tips. Wow. <laughs> that guy was ready. He said his little brother, his favorite player is Dwayne Wade. So he comes over to the house and says, Dwayne Wade all the time. So Parker was pissed off at that. Uh, you know, he, there's lots, <laughs> lots, lots of moments, lots of moments from uh, Tony Parker. He said the French mafia was in town and they, they cheered. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I think we should go through every player. I'm ready. I'm ready because it was uh, it was a fun two hours. I gotta be honest. Did you have a favorite moment? I did. I, I assume uh, as a Illinois boy, Dwayne Wade. Oh, I mean Dwayne speech. Wade. Dwayne Wade's a top five player for me all time. Seeing two Bulls go into the Hall of Fame. What a night. What a night for Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice though. Uh, Pau Gasol actually shouted out his time with the Bulls talking about the jump ball at the all-star game yeah. uh, with his brother mark obviously wade was talking about growing up in chicago going to play uh in the parks playing against grown men so that he could become a grown man himself bringing his dad up that was awesome we had the hall of fame dog i thought that was so cool i i thought that was an iconic moment that was really really cool he, his all of the speeches were great wade's is like to me it was like next level like how it was written how it was pieced together i mean it was the longest of the bunch from what i can remember but it was like I'm loving on every word and every part of it. Like, it was so good. It's like a politician, that guy. So, so smooth with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That guy, uh, he's got the gift of gab. It does. Uh, and this is a place where you can talk about your entire life in basketball. And I thought that was so cool to see how much that Dwayne Wade was inspired by Allen Iverson. Iverson showed up to present him. He was wearing a suit that said Wade 3 on the back. Then you got Wade talking about how he wore an arm sleeve, wore number 3 in honor of Allen Iverson. And then underneath uh, Dwayne Wade's Naismith orange blazer, had to be the first guy to wear a sleeveless dress shirt. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's been very hot here in America for the past, yes. past week, so you got to keep it cool underneath. He shows off the bot. Yeah. He shows off the bot occasionally. But, yeah, it was a great technique, I think, by Wade, too. We're getting to speech writing techniques. He didn't address every single person one by one and talk to every single person one by one, but he grouped people mm-hmm. and said all their names, the important part, and kind of gave each of them their own you know, little tribute as far as groups go, but then individuals, he signaled, singled the, the important one, the ones out. His dad, mom, Gab. He's got the gift of Gab. He's got the gift of Gab Union beside him. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Allen Iverson. Yeah, uh, he crushed it. Uh, that's for sure. I always love how a Hall of Fame person already, someone's inducted already, has to like induct you or be up there on stage with you. I remember I used to think it was silly and I never understood it and it was weird. It's like, what do you mean? They just sit there? That's a little strange. <laughs> I'm just sitting on stage for 25 minutes. Like, <laughs> sort of like, uh, you got to be listening, but maybe you're uh, tuning out a little bit. But uh, I've, I've changed my tune with that. I absolutely love it. It's cool to see the, who the players pick too. And uh, there was some some obvious ones, but you know, Dirk with Jason Kidd and Steve Nash and, and uh, Tony obviously with his Spurs guys. Um, you know, Pau Gasol, remind me. Tony Kukoc, which Tony? I was, uh, right. yeah, it was That's a little surprising. Right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was supposed to be there, but he was, uh, unfortunately, he was ill. But yeah, Kukoc didn't didn't see that coming. No. But obviously where he grew up, it, it makes sense mm-hmm. uh, being in Europe. His story about meeting Kobe Bryant, or not meeting Kobe Bryant, but 
his first meeting with Kobe Bryant after being traded yeah. to L.A. Uh, was great. Said he got a call from Kobe. Kobe said, when are you coming in? Uh, it's like 12 or 1 a.m., so I'll see you tomorrow. No, 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 no. I'll see you. I'll see you at 1 a.m. Uh, I was like, okay. Uh, so he gets in and comes to his hotel room and says, Congra- uh, I'm, congrats on the trade. I'm really happy you're on the team. Oh, let's go win a fucking championship. And he left. Good night. Yeah. Uh, to we'll the point. Uh, I love you. Yeah, Pau Gasol coming over from Spain, flew into Memphis, saw a pyramid downtown. That's where we play. We play in pyramids? Okay. That's weird. Um, I guess all pro shop. Yeah. I guess all teams play in pyramids, but they played in a pyramid for years, the Memphis Grizzlies, for like four years, and then it became a for, Bass Pro Shop. That. Absolutely. That's I a damn that. pyramid. That's why that's why it's hilarious. It's in the middle of the city, but now it's sells fishing gear. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, seeing Ku coach was was that was great. And he, he went through his family and Marcus Ole was in the crowd. And there was an inside joke there because he said Marcus Ole was uh he's a special He's a special, special kid, and Marcus will just started laughing. <laughs> I am a special kid, uh, uh, so that oh, was pretty funny. Boy. That was great stuff. Th- I like all the connections, like between the yeah. players. Like Powell and Dirk faced up against each other, you know, playing basically the same position. Obviously, the Spurs and Mavs were rivals throughout Dirk uh, and Greg Popovich and Tony Parker's career. Dirk and Dwayne Wade have like a oh. long history that dated. Back to both of them kind of stealing championships off each other. I love that Dirk kind of even mentioned, I didn't always like you guys because there was definitely drama between uh, Dirk and Wade, but when it's all said and done, they're going into the Hall of Fame together. It makes it really cool. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, they do a lot of, like, signing autographs and stuff before and, like, dinners and stuff like that leading up to the actual ceremony there on the Saturday night. Um, Yeah, Dirk and Wade, I believe, both spoke about, like, yeah, we did not like each other. Obviously, butted-headed butted heads as competitors in the NBA had respect for each other but there were times where we hated each other and you know it's been cool to be around each other these last couple days and like we've completely squashed it obviously and now we're in the Hall of Fame which is really neat uh, at the same time I had like I mean myself included but like I watched a lot of these on the Sunday morning and I just had like Nora crying every 10 minutes like oh watch this clip and she's like you know the Wade with his dad like yeah. tears were going the Wade and Iverson the Becky Hammond and Pop like there was all these the Pau Gasol and Kobe little tribute like it's like oh my goodness it was heavy stuff but they all knocked it out of the park and uh, what an incredible class and and let's talk a little bit now about active NBA players who will make the hall and again I said this off the top we're going to do an entire podcast on this probably next week but Mike Vorkanoff at The Athletic had a great article sort of breaking the active players that could make the hall into tiers. And the only one we're going to show you here today, and I want to get your opinion on, was the active locks that Mike Vorkanoff had. Again, at The Athletic or theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get yourself a subscription. We show it here to everybody on YouTube. And the list is pretty lengthy when you think about it. But it's Giannis. It's Curry. It's Anthony Davis. It's Kevin Durant. Joel Embiid. Draymond Green. James Harden. Dwight Howard. LeBron James. Jokic, Kawhi, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, and Russell Westbrook. Again, active locks in theory for the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. We will talk about the ones that are a little in the mix or borderline Hall of Famers or maybe won't. We'll do that on its own entire show. But of that list, was there are there any that you're like, active locks? Really, Mike? Really? <laughs> uh, or do you have no issues with that? Again, pretty lengthy list. Uh, I agree with Mike Vorkanoff. I actually think all of those guys will eventually make it into the Hall of Fame. If you're talking about just NBA careers, I suppose Anthony Davis is probably uh, the most questionable, but 
He made the top 75 players of all time. Mm-hmm. You factor in his college as well. He is absolutely a lock. Embiid getting an MVP, that makes him a lock. But the question to me, for all those guys, who's getting in on the first ballot, I think is a little mm, bit more interesting. Sure. Because all of those guys are Hall of Fame players, but first ballot Hall of Famers, I think there's only eight. LeBron, Steph, Durant, Giannis, Jokic, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook. And the last two, I'm a little up in the air on. But I think those eight are first balloters, mm, personally. Mm-hmm. Everybody always overlooks Kawhi, for sure. Uh, two as, finals MVPs. Yeah, he's, he's getting in. Yeah, you're right. Is it a first ballot MVP guy? When you look at the resume, he should be a first ballot guy. But we always overlook him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, maybe it's his personality. Um, yeah, but they're all getting in. That's for sure. On that list there. Yeah. yeah. I think of that list, I don't know if you want to throw it up again, J.D. Trey and I were talking about it pre-show. Most of them, well, a lot of them are on the top 75 anniversary team, top 76, really, uh, if we're getting specific. The only ones that weren't that we could remember were Joel Embiid, Draymond Green, Dwight Howard, Jokic, and Clay Thompson. I think those were the five that did not make mm-hmm. the uh, anniversary team there. But otherwise, everybody else was on it, including, yeah, AD and Damian Lillard. I mean, you look back now and it's like, ugh. They should have taken a taken a nice risk and had put Jokic on that before the MVP would have been would have been perfect and what he's done. But well, he had one at the time, didn't he? Did he have one? Yeah, he had one because it was yeah last oh, that's year was even the 75th season. Yeah, he had you're right. one, and you're then right. he won the second one. So yeah, he should have been on there absolutely. Yeah. But there are guys who get into the Hall of Fame and it takes them a little bit of time. Like Reggie Miller wasn't a first ballot yeah, Hall yeah. of Fame guy. Ben Wallace, Chris Webber, like Webber and Joel Embiid. Kind of similar, except for Embiid has an MVP. So yeah. It took Chris Webber eight years to get in. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I'll, Embiid's still got a long time to play uh, in the NBA. Lillard will be around for quite some time as well. Anthony Davis. Um, so, maybe they get to first ballot status, but it all depends on who else retires. They hear you retire. Right. You're in. And then it's like a three- or four-year window, I think, they like to do for players. Three years, I think you have to be fully retired. Fully retired, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which I guess they don't do for – they don't care about coaches that way. You can be an active coach and Maybe it's just a length of career. You're <laughs> yeah, to, what, it probably 25 is. 25 years or something. It probably is. But anyway, we will have – and I think we have a graphic for you uh, – a No Dunks Hall of Fame show next week where we will really go through the tiers that Mike Vorkanoff – uh, laid out in that athletic piece, and we're you know we're talking about Demar Derozan and his case for the Hall of Fame, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, you know Al Horford. Like there's a lot of names. It's going to be an entire show, and uh, we're going to try and set some rules. I know we talked uh, that one of the rules should be we can say it once and that's it. But <laughs> hey, Mitch Richmond's in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and we can only say it once. And then if you ever say it again, I don't know. We got to have a shock collar on us or something like that because because it's tough <laughs> not it. to do it though because you get to these players like well so and like mitch richmond's in tim hardaway's in so why not x but it gets a little boring if you say it <laughs> exactly, time, exactly so we gotta come at it from a different way everyone's in <laughs> that's what you're gonna say <laughs> well, no that's not what i'm gonna say but it's like everyone gets yeah in. <laughs> to me, you agree that they they, they got a little loosey-goosey with it and you would prefer it to be a little harder to get in I don't know. I like the speeches. <laughs> More speeches. I mean, it, it's it's strange, but as you said, guys don't get in for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time. Oh, here's a crop that isn't as strong as other crops yeah. who don't have the resumes of other crops. You're in. 
So, but that's a weird way to go. About it, of course, right? it yeah, is. way to go about it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they're making it like, well, it's up on the calendar. We need some names to put in, and it's like some people would ret- like say, no, you don't. Yep. you don't have to, but uh, because yeah, there's not these like superstar first ballot. Okay, now we go down the list, and okay, I guess you're. Hey, lucky for you, there's no one else of note that we really want to put in, so you're up. Which yeah, nobody wants that. I saw Zach Harper had a crazy take. He says every person we put into the basketball hall of fame. We gotta take somebody out, mm. like now, a pair of shoes in a closet. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, my buddy Grish does this with his t-shirts. <laughs> one shirt in. One, one shirt, shirt in. Out. One shirt out. That's a rule he has. Otherwise, he has too many shirts. I, I should probably adopt that as well. But um, th- that seems a little extreme to it me. Seems a little Harper's extreme. Hall of Fame idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. There is there is a middle ground. I feel like baseball is very very hard to get in to yeah, the Hall of Fame. For sure. Basketball is probably the easiest to get in, and the numbers are changing, right? It used to be like, if you get to 20,000 points, you are in. But players are playing for a lot longer now. Mm -hmm. Scoring is up. So these career numbers are going to change things historically as well. So, I don't know. Maybe a little bit more stringent would be good. Yeah, yeah. baseball has adopted another streamline to get guys in on, on a different path, more like the analytical path. Uh, and basketball kind of has to go to the other direction, has to adopt a system to make it a little bit more strict to get in, make it a little tougher. And the Basketball Hall of Fame is like, it's a mystery how you even get into the Hall of Fame. Like, at least with baseball, it's all these, the writers, right? It goes to a vote, basically, and they have to, what, achieve a certain percentage the main one, on yeah. somebody's ballot or on particular people's ballot to get in, but... NBA, we don't. It feels like sometimes it's just Jerry Colangelo who gets to decide. <laughs> there might be, there has to be some sort of committee, but we don't really ever know about it or how they're voting or how close they are to getting in and all that. That's right. It's true. It's just Jerry sitting there in the crowd. They were everybody sort of thanked him. Like, oh yeah, thanks, like, Jerry. Hey, thanks Jerry. Hey, thanks Jerry. Thanks Jerry. Appreciate Camera it. switches to him. He's like, yep, I'm the guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, like it is weird. It's weird how guys get it. Like Greg Popovich must have told Jerry Colangelo, "Don't put me in." Don't put me in. Why wouldn't he have been yeah. in 20 years ago? Yeah, later? I think that may like, have been the case. I yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Wait uh, until all my guys are in? Hmm. Yeah. Went in with Tony? Went in with Tony. Got so. played off when he yeah. <laughs> when he oh. said, duh. This is, these are the reasons I'm in the Hall of Fame. Well, so, like, get him out of here. He sort of oh, played himself off, though, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the joke was he's setting up like, yeah. I don't have to say much. I'm in yeah. the Hall of Fame because of these guys. The duh part. And then, okay, <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Ahmad Rashad came out, didn't he? Yep. He's like, yeah. oh, okay. We're done. We're done. Then Popovich obviously leans in. Come on. Get out of here. Pops, yeah, got mad. He said, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. You're not listening. You're not listening. Yeah. He said, listening's important. Get Work on that skill. Although he didn't see, he didn't say it exactly like that. It did seem like he was going to go on for a while. But I think that was yeah, that was an incredible moment, seeing Pop. Pop cry. Pop cried. Becky Hammond made Pop cry. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, cool. that was an, an awesome moment. All right. So, uh, No Dunks Hall of Fame show, debating all the active players and uh, the likelihood of them making the hall next week. All right. Put it in pencil. We'll figure out the day. We got to take one more break. When we come back, tweet of the night. You want to hear my team? Real quick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been putting some work in. It's changed a lot. But, you know, as you get better players, better cards, train them, upgrade them, blah, 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 blah. My team right now, Lowry, Booker, Iguodala is my small forward. Chris Webber, you were just talking nice, about. Dude. And then I did put Shaq in there, that uh, that one I unlocked for logging in. Hey, man, I'm going to join your crew here. All right. Oh, you did it. Nice. Yeah, there you go. I you figured so. it out. Yeah. Join my crew. I'm horrible when it comes to my own player. Old Skeetsy in my yellow jersey and my mm. white shorts. I've played some people. 
I've won some games, but I've gotten killed in others. Looks like you're five and five and two so far. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Cool. Player, <laughs> player level three on your way up. Yeah. Player level one. That's why I got Joe Ingles. <laughs> yeah, we got people people in the stream team saying I literally deleted that app because I got so addicted to oh, it. Chandler Makash. It's fun. Yeah. It is very very fun. It's addictive. Yeah. I gotta uh, customize my guy. Yeah. Yeah, that part's very fun actually. Yeah, I look like Taylor Horton Tucker right now. <laughs> Oh, Mod Rashad. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of. What are we doing with this, by the way? Do we have to change this? I was thinking about that. X of the Night? How about just, I saw this on the internet. Yeah, sicko mode of the night. Like, it's like something deep. I'm logged on. Thing of the night. Yeah, logged on, yeah. Logged on's not bad, yeah. Okay. Let us know. That's true, because many times we've looked at Instagram accounts and... The tiki talkie. We like having that. fun on our phones. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about my uh, my 2K team. Card of the talking. night. <laughs> okay, uh, well, it's still tweet of the night to me. God damn it. Uh, on Sunday, the Minnesota Timberwolves announced their new 2023-24 NBA City Edition uniforms. We are showing them to you on YouTube. They are blue, baby. We run deep. An ode to summer lake life. In Minnesota. Yeah, they got 10,000 lakes up there in Minnesota. We got Conley, Nas Reed showing them off. Yeah, a little uh, lake water texture. Some people say it looks a little too smoky. Not enough like water. But I don't mind it. I, I'm, I am a fan of these, but let's get your opinions, guys. What do you think of these uh, City Edition Wolves jerseys? I would say fire, but... You know, water, actually. <laughs> These are great. These look really cool. Um, definitely unique, and it still plays off, like, Minnesota's general jersey set with kind of uh, on their dark blue jerseys. They have white shoulders, just like they do here. And this just kind of amps it up to me. This is kind of what the city program is supposed to be like. Make it look crazy. Like, we haven't seen anything that really looks like this uh, so far, so I'm in. Yeah, I, I love these. What do you think, Tess? Yeah, I'm totally with it. Uh, yeah, hey. They could be looked at as smoky as opposed to water. Um, it's tough to make that water texture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why Avatar took so long. <laughs> That's right. Have you seen the other items? I forgot to pull pictures, but the other items, part of the collection, I don't know how deep you went on this. Go that some deep. nice thing. <laughs> you would like some of these. There's a, a We Run Deep bucket hat and shirt that I think looks really good. And there is a cream-colored hoodie. That says purified by the waters. And then it's okay. got a little wolves look. It's nice. Okay. They got some nice things part of this collection. So uh, go check it out. The and lake is calling. Some of the, the promo shots are awesome. I know. <laughs> I know. I like it. I, I also, uh, in, in launching this, I learned about a new rapper. I had never heard of this Minnesota rapper named Young Gravy. But he was the one that... Uh, they sort of had up the uh, little um, little festival or whatever you want to call it out on the dock where he came up in a bathrobe and then he took his bathrobe off and he had the jersey on. Yeah, have you heard of Young Gravy? i never heard of this guy. His number no. one song, I believe, is Betty. It's called Betty. It's got 40 million views on YouTube. You know what it samples? Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. That's what it oh, samples. On, I'm man. serious. Young Gravy, you're crazy for this one. <laughs> Young Gravy. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> the only Minnesota rapper I know is Slug. 
That was a guy, right? <sighs> Vaguely mm, know what you're like talking a about. Conscious rappers, yes, sort of deal. Yes, 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 yes. These well, are this is this is cool. If I was uh, from Minnesota, I would be in on getting some of this gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, let us know what you think of the new Minnesota Timberwolves. What are they calling that City blue? Edition. What are they call, calling that lake specific water. blue? Lake water blue? Lake water blue? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a dark lake, but um, <laughs> it's a beautiful blue. I mean, the Greeks it's could beautiful. be wearing that blue on... Nah. What's no, your, it's not uh, the right blue. What's your favorite lake? <laughs> Michigan. In the world of lakes? Yeah. It's in the world. Are you talking I, about Minnesota not talking lakes? just Great Lakes. Oh. In the world. And not Minnesota lakes, because there's 10,000 of them. <laughs> you have a favorite lake? So you're going Lake Michigan. It's Great Lake. I'm, I mean... They're all one of the top five greatest. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Lake Michigan. They should rename it Lake Illinois. Oh, <laughs> controversial! <laughs> what a take! What That's a my t- hottest lake take. <laughs> I've got a better one. Superior. Ooh. And JD. Do you have a favorite? A favorite lake? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm an Ontario man, obviously. Right. But we are not a great lake. They, they both named Great Lakes. You said no Great Lakes. I know. Can somebody name me another lake he that's did. not a Great Lake? Uh, give me uh, Ontario is a Great Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying he did. I'm okay. Oh, that's what's the contest to name a lake that's not a Great Lake? I, I would just love Lake that. Lanier. No, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Yeah, get out of here. Uh, Clear Lake. Clear Lake. Um, this is gonna sound stupid, but it's the NBA off season, so I've been spending a lot of my evenings watching old Bassmaster classics. <laughs> <laughs> Watched one last night where these guys, these anglers, were pulling ten pound bass out of Clear Lake in California, cast after cast after cast. Jeez. We've never seen this. It was 2007. It was on ESPN though, so wow. I was watching the bottom line. LeBron James, he was still playing in 2007. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Just so. Nomar Garcia Parra, I think he was a Los Angeles Dodger at that point. <laughs> reading the just, bottom. Uh, just, uh, just. I, couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. You know? I'm watching a 15, 16-year-old bass tournament that's <laughs> 45 oh, minutes long, uh, trying to learn some tips from Rick Clun, <laughs> <laughs> Shaw Grigsby, <laughs> Hank Parker. Oh, God, oh, you boy. sound like fishermen. Uh, there, there was a dude in the last name named Pete Ponds. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> the host is Fish Fishburn. <laughs> I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like if a if a basketball host host was named uh, Bucket Bucketsman. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. All right, let's uh, hear your thoughts on those jerseys, your favorite lakes, and uh, Ricky, everything else we talked Ricky about. Lake. Huh? <laughs> Shout out to Vivek G. Uh, lake Louise. What a lake. Beautiful lake. What a lake. Hey, don't sleep on Emerald Lake once you're up there, though. Don't That's sleep on it. That's a gorgeous lake. No, then you'd die if you slept on it. <laughs> well, you could be on a raft. I guess you could be. Or a canoe. Uh, guys, we're going to have a show tomorrow. At least some of us are. Not me. I'm headed home to see that beautiful Lake Erie with my own eyes. <laughs> I'm going to Toronto for a week. But the guys will be here because later today on uh, NBA Today, they're going to announce the in-season tournament schedule. Having a little release party, 3 p.m. Eastern there on ESPN. So you guys are back tomorrow here from the Classic Factory to uh, at least look at the in-season tournament schedule, the Christmas Day schedule, the opening night schedule, and I guess you know a little bit more. They're really uh, (laughs) stretching this one out. Give us the schedule, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what, man? You know what? I'd Adam? like to do a little uh, boys trip to uh, New Orleans. Catch a little Saturday Pelicans, a little Sunday Saints. Yeah, let's go. Quick trip. Why not, right? How far is that? It's, it's seven. four hours? Seven. No, 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 no we like fly. We'll fly. Okay. Oh, we're flying. Okay, okay, we're flying. Okay, okay. I mean, a quick flight. It's like an hour oh. and a half. No, probably maybe less. Pelican Saints. That'd be fun. Yeah. Right? So, Just lining the Benson's pockets, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I want the nah. schedule so we can start. Uh, Joel Myers will out. take care of us. <laughs> All right. No, that's why you want to go to New Orleans. Tell see Joel Myers. Tell him about tell my dog. Got a dog. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll bring my dog. Show him. Uh, all right, so that's tomorrow. We will have a show. The guys will be here from the Classic Factory talking a little bit about the NBA schedule. Join them at 10 a.m. Eastern live here on YouTube. Podcast soon to follow. And then on Friday, we already told you, 12 p.m. Eastern, USA, Greece, playback. Another little warm-up exhibition game between those squads, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern. And we'll share that link with everybody. and We'll put it in the show notes. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, a crazy classic, no doubt. Subscribe. Comment away and hit that like button. Until we see you next time, Clever Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. Happy birthday, Tess. Yeah, why are you looking at your phone? I just wanted to see uh, what time it was. This guy, I, gotta, I got something to say. I just wanted to look. see if it was still your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, hold on. I'm going to send you a My Player uh, card for your birthday. Can you do that? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I actually sent Tass some coins earlier so he can spend it how he wants. Where would you get those coins? Did you buy them? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to all be so addicted. To this. Uh, embrace the day, people.